Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Nealon. Welcome back to my podcast. I am pretty sure that I'm going to name this podcast, This Isn't About Your Body. And I've gone back and forth. I've had a couple of different ideas that I thought were all pretty good. Um, but that I, I think is what we're going with. This Isn't About Your Body. Welcome to my podcast. Um, today I wanted to share something going on with a client and uh, sort of spool off from there. So um, the reason I want to share this is the main purpose of my coaching methodology with my clients is to help them figure out what the hell's really going on with their body image. So that can be a lot of different things, you know, and it takes a long time to get there. For some clients, it's super complex and has a lot of different reasons and roots and pain points underneath. And the work that we do is essentially figuring out what that is and then figuring out what they actually need in order to deal with that thing, to heal that thing, to overcome that thing, whatever it may be. But a way of thinking about it in terms of body neutrality success is it's not so much that my clients or, or anyone never has a negative body thought again or never feels bad about their body ever again. It's more like their relationship to body image becomes one of curiosity and information. And a great example of this would be when I was depressed this last year and I had my first dysmorphic um, body image days in years. I haven't, I have not looked in the mirror and seen what I saw this winter in years. And that is because I have pretty much overcome all of my dysmorphia. It, 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 I don't remember the last time I've had anything like that show up because I've done all this work and I really am disconnected from, you know, my appearance as any part of my worth and, you know, anything about that being significant. So it was shocking for me. I looked in the mirror, um, I had not named what I was going through as depression yet. I, I knew I was struggling, but, but I hadn't really figured out what was going on. Uh, so I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I look gigantic. I look like super, uh, like that, that is the biggest uh, or the best word I can use to describe it. I looked big to me. I looked like not exactly fat, although maybe like I had gained weight. Um, but more than that, my face looked different. The shape of my body looked, like I looked to my own eyes, like a, a whale or, a, you know, like featureless, like there was no angles anymore where yesterday there had been angles to my face and uh, collarbone and whatever, right? So what I was able to do in that moment was, first of all, I was just like super interested in this because what the hell, uh, the mind is so weird. But yeah, I was able to say, oh, okay, something's going on with me. Let me dig in. I know what my triggers for body dysmorphia and body image issues are from years ago when I was doing this work really actively. And I don't have to do it anymore, almost ever, but not never, right? This was a moment. So I went, whoa, I wonder what the hell's going on with me. I went and did some digging. I started to pull some of the pieces together that I was in a really, really scary place mentally, um, that my mental health had, had pretty much, it was bottoming out. And I needed help. I mean, this was really like what I was able to pull together. Because if I had looked in the mirror and been like, oh, I guess I gained weight or I guess I'm ugly today or I guess, you know, I don't know what I look like. Like that obviously could have taken me down a path and it would have many, many years ago, taken me down a path of feeling insecure about my body, thinking about my body, maybe thinking about weight or, you know, beauty uh, work or something. But instead, because I have this relationship to it, I'm able to just say, oh shit, what's going on with my psyche and my emotions? Do that digging. And then as soon as I was able to really name that, you know, I mean, I never had those, those dysmorphic views again. It was maybe like two or three days in a row that I had it before I started really exploring it. 
as soon as I explored it and named what was going on, I never had that again. It hasn't come back since. So for me, I can think of that was like a pretty big signal to me that something was horribly wrong. And it was right. You know, it was an accurate signal. My body can use dysmorphia at this point. Very rarely does it need it, but it can use it as a signal to talk to me. My brain and body can say, what the fuck is going on? Something is horribly wrong. Please get help. (laughs) Hey, here, if you're not getting the message, we're going to literally make you look completely different to your own eyes and that will get your attention. And that will like cause you to go down, you know, the healing path you need. It would be very similar to saying, you know, if I had uh, my, I don't know, uh, gallbladder was infected or something and I had pain, that pain would be the signal my body said, hey, something is wrong. Please go get help. You need to look at this, right? It's the same exact thing. So for me, dysmorphia or a bad body image day is just a little signal. It's a little bit of information that I hardly ever even need anymore. But for a lot of my clients, I am there with them as they figure this out for the first time. You know, the work we do is completely focused around figuring out what is actually hurting, what is actually wrong, what's actually going on underneath the surface of their body image issues. Now, ideally, there is a big healing phase that happens before this for most people um, in which you kind of arrive at a place where you can tap into neutrality. Uh, You don't have to totally feel neutral all the time, but when you can tap into it on a fairly regular basis, it becomes information like it, it is for me. It becomes just, oh, I had a really bad body image day. I wonder what's going on with that. And then you start asking the questions you know you need to ask and looking at the places you know you need to look. You know, if you know one of your triggers is vulnerability and you're having a horrible body image day, out of nowhere, you might start asking yourself, okay, where in my life am I feeling vulnerable right now? Because I know that for me, historically, feeling vulnerable is one of those things that brings up body dysmorphia or, you know, body anxiety or body obsession. So you get to figure that shit out. And it's a really, really cool part of the process to start putting that into practice and what I wanted to share today, the reason that I have this topic on mind, is that I have a client who um, recently got back from a trip with her girlfriends. Uh, she had basically planned this trip so that she could file her divorce paperwork and then uh, get on a plane and go hang out with her best friend and another friend and just, you know, totally lose herself in fun and connection and support and, you know, having that that little pack Uh, during this really difficult time that she knew she was going to need the extra support, ended up being a really, really fun trip. And she was just feeling super good. She had messaged me, you know, I wore a bathing suit today and I didn't even think about how I looked in it. I was was so proud of her, you know, like we, we got to this place where she was feeling super good in her skin, in her life. Like she was on, on an upswing that included body neutrality. She was feeling like she had broken free from a lot of the stuff uh, that was causing her to to have those really bad body image days and in general was just feeling like, you know, more hopeful and optimistic about the direction of her life. So she was feeling good. Then what happened is she got back from the trip and she said that her body image crashed, completely crashed out of nowhere that first day she got back she said I just looked in the mirror and I was like oh my god I can't believe I thought I was okay um you know I look I look horrible I need to lose weight I need to get a boob job I need to get Botox she was super upset and for those first couple of days she was thinking about this she totally convinced herself okay I need to get this work done 
I need to start dieting again. I need to do all this stuff because obviously I, I look horrible. But then as we started to work through it together on our next session, I, I am always asking the question of like, okay, what do you think this is really <laughs> about what's going on underneath the surface here? What were you feeling at the time that that happened? What was on your mind? What was coming up for you? And uh, what she ended up saying is that she walked into this empty house that she had previously shared with her husband and is now going to live in alone. She walked into this empty house and felt all of the heartbreak and all of the devastation that had been sort of on the back burner during this trip. Because the truth is she, she thinks this divorce is a good idea, right? It wasn't what she wanted, but by the time it happened, she was like, okay, obviously I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. So she, she believes it was the right thing to do. But there was this sort of bubble, this protected bubble with her friends on the trip of like, yes, you know, we're focusing on the positive here. And she came back, walked into the house and just had essentially had her heartbreak. You know, she was so, so sad to recognize, oh my God, I'm living my life alone now. I am, this is it. It's just going to be me in this whole house now uh, that her partner was gone. So from that, we were able to deduce, okay, so your body image, your negative body image is your brain's way of either protecting you from or distracting you from or helping numb some of those feelings of grief and heartbreak. Now, this is not necessarily going to be applicable to you if you haven't done the work already, because if I were to say this to someone who I just met, you know, who hasn't done the, the work to sort of reach and access a place of neutrality around their body in general, um, it's not going to matter. You know, you can totally name these things sometimes and be like, cool, well, I guess I'm really sad and I hate how I look. Like those two things are not mutually exclusive. But once somebody has done the work like, like my client has, and like I'm always trying to get my clients to move toward, um, it really becomes kind of mutually exclusive. Like you don't feel the same hatred or anxiety or obsession with your body once you've named the actual thing that hurts. Because the body image stuff is just a red herring, right? It's like a, it's like a, <laughs> it's a total distraction. It's like, look over here, look over here. Don't look over there where your like grief and pain live. Look over here where you're ugly and you're fat and you're gross and nobody's ever going to love you because of how you look. It's, it's simpler. I mean, it's incredibly painful. Don't get me wrong, but it is simpler in some ways. It is an attempt to protect you from something else. So once you name something else and you know, you have the tools to handle that something else, which in this case, my client was like, shit, I guess I just have to greet and let my heart break, which she did. I mean, there was no, there's no getting around that one. You just have to let yourself be sad because this, there's this an end of an era and there was an immense loss there. Um, she knew she had the tools to handle it though. So as soon as she named it, she stopped feeling that anxiety about her body, stopped having the kind of thoughts about Botox and plastic surgery. It all just sort of fell away. And that's exactly the point. We are always going to be striving in my work to get to a place where dysmorphia and negative body image is information for you that just maybe is like a little red flag saying, hey, dig over here. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe don't dig over here, <laughs> dig over there. Um, but either way, it's information. And you have to figure out what your dysmorphia or negative body image days are information about because everybody's different and every situation is different. You know, she might have had to name grief and loss and sadness this time. And it, it pretty much instantly cleared up what she was feeling in terms of body insecurity. 
And next time, you know, next year, next relationship, next whatever, it might be something else entirely. But because we had worked really hard to get to the point where we knew exactly what her patterns were, meaning where her body image had come in to protect her in the past and how it tended to show up to protect her, which in general was to keep her from uh, having to feel her feelings, especially big feelings like anger and sadness. Um, this is where she ended up. She was able to just name it like, oh, I, pff, there it is. I am sad. I don't hate how I look necessarily because again it's neutrality right it's not like she loves how she looks either she's like but it's not about my body it's about being sad I feel horrible I feel like my body is tearing itself apart and I have been focused on how I look when actually I need to focus on grieving so it's a super cool process to watch unfold uh, with the people that I work with and it I notice it like I said in myself getting to that place where there's just not really, a, there's, there's nothing to do about the body image thoughts, you know? Like, it would almost be like saying, you know, it's the canary in the coal mine at a certain point. It's almost like saying you would uh, never want to get, I don't know, catch a cold again or, or <laughs> whatever your canary in the coal mine is. Like, do you get migraines or, you know, a stomach ache or whatever it is for you? Like, when your immune system is tanking, you a lot of us have something that happens first it's like maybe you feel really run down or whatever it is you have a little canary in the coal mine it says hey you're not doing so well you need to rest it's it's very similar to that it's your canary in the coal mine at a certain point and it's incredibly powerful and helpful to know that so that you know it's like if you get your migraine and you go what is this garbage I, I'm going to treat this with meds and completely ignore any signal or message it might have for me like you're probably just going to get really sick right you're going to drive yourself into the ground it's intended to be a bit of information that says hey slow down rest or you know you ran into a trigger like flashing lights or over exercise or heat stroke or low blood sugar or whatever it was for you um, there's information in that and a lot of body neutrality is just recognizing that your body's talking to you, like literally talking to you all the time in a language that you have to decide to learn. Because nobody teaches us this stuff. You have to decide to learn it. And with this kind of work, it's subtle. You know, it's, it's a little bit more obvious in the migraine example than it is in the body image example, but it's the same pattern. You just have to be willing to tune into the really subtle signals your body gives you. One of them is dysmorphia or um, body anxiety obsession and hatred. So the canary in the coal mine says, hey, some shit is up, go deal with it. You go deal with it. And at that point, there's really nothing left for your body image issues to do. They don't have a job anymore. They're done. So they kind of just fade away in importance. And that's what we're looking for. For the rest of your life, body dysmorphia might be a canary in the coal mine for you. For the rest of my life, I might every couple of years or something have myself look in the mirror and see what I saw see that you know giant hideous whale and just be like okay I it's time to check in what the heck is up with me right now what am I feeling what what is going on that might be true I mean I I, I don't even mind if it's true honestly I was gonna say I hope it's not but I don't even know if that's true because it's going to be something. And at least this time, it's something that I understand, right? I was able to instantly understand some shit is up with me and I need to look at it. 
So in that way, you might forever have these thoughts and feelings pop up. And granted, I'm not just talking about like, oh, the thought crosses your mind. Hmm, should I go on a diet? Or like, hmm, maybe I would look better if I wore more makeup. Like, it's not just those passing thoughts. I'm talking about when the, when the suffering of the thing comes up. That's when it's the canary in the coal mine. Because neutrality can have room for those kinds of thoughts. Like, I don't really like how I look today, but whatever, moving on with my life. It doesn't have any suffering involved in it, right? Body neutrality is about reducing suffering. And then when that suffering insists on rearing its head later on, you can know for sure that there is some work to be done somewhere inside you. Something is wrong, something hurts, or something needs your attention. And you know that because you're suffering. And in fact, it's kind of this really clever thing for your brain and body to do is to like tap you on the shoulder and say, I know how to make you miserable. I'm going to make you obsessed with your weight today. And then maybe you'll notice that something is excruciating and needs your attention. And then you dig in and you go, oh, I see what's going on. And yeah, I mean, once you have that pattern down, it's a lot easier to do. And each person is so different. I wish I could give you a million examples, but um, we'd be here all day because it really, it can look so many different ways. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I wanted to say about this. Um, I hope it's useful. And just so that you know, if this sounds crazy or out of nowhere, um, a lot of the work that I do, a lot of the content that I make, I should say, um, does help support and push you in this direction because it's all about naming the thing that really hurts underneath your body story. So the body story being whatever your complaint is, whatever your dysmorphia tells you to suffer over, uh, it's, the, it's the negative body image story. And then underneath that, there's stuff that hurts. There's things, there's, there's pain points driving you to this suffering that needs your attention. That when you actually deal with it directly, again, the body image issues just fade away in importance and volume and power. It's like they just, yeah, they just kind of lose all their power. You might still have the thought, but it just doesn't have any power over you. It can't make you suffer. So this is the kind of work that I do. If you haven't been introduced to that before, this might sound like, really random actually i'm realizing as i kind of do this podcast maybe i should be introducing some of these concepts more uh or more slowly or more thoroughly i don't know man uh i guess i will think about that for another day but for today please just know that if this is all totally new concepts that you've never heard of before um i have a lot of material you can find on youtube and instagram and uh my blog posts and everything for you to explore this because this is the work that I do. I help people figure out what their canary in the coal mine is. I help people figure out what's underneath the suffering of their body image issues and then deal with that thing directly so that they can reach neutrality. And again, neutrality not being feeling like you look awesome or loving how you look or even loving your body, but just recognizing, okay, this doesn't have any meaning. This doesn't have any power. This just isn't significant. So I don't have to spend any more emotional energy on it. And recognizing that it is just your body trying to communicate with you in some ways, trying to protect you in some ways, um, maybe helping you cope with something that you don't have other skills to cope with yet, really makes you appreciate the, the way in which this is designed to help you. And just like that canary in the coal mine will be later on, it, it's like this from the beginning. You know, people develop eating disorders when they don't have other tools to cope. How brilliant of the brain to say, okay, I've got this. You can't get through this without 
you know, a sense of control over something. So let me give you a sense of control over something. People develop addiction when they, when they need a thing to cope with, you know, um, all of these things, they're just coping mechanisms. We can say they're, they're bad or they're hurtful, but it's not, it's not really that simple. Um, they serve a purpose and, and they need to be treated with curiosity and respect, honestly, so that you can do the work to figure out why is it here? Why might my brain have thought I needed this to protect me today or right now in my life? Why, yeah, why is it telling me to suffer over this thing, like how I look? What's actually causing suffering that it, it feels the need to protect me from or distract me from or help me numb or help me cope with? So that's the kind of work that is required to get to body neutrality. Um, and it's kind of work I do. So that's it. Uh, thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time.